everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're coming to you after a 4-3 win in the Champions League. 3-0 up. 3-1 up. Back to 3-3, and we're 1-4-3. So, plenty to talk about. Very uncharacteristic performance. Bit of a, a jackal and hide performance, maybe even, we could call it. Uh, from complete arrogance to, to collapse nearly. But we'll, we'll get through it in the end. So, join me first up uh, in the Netherlands. We have Beryl Akis. How are you, Beryl? Becoming a bit of a regular? I'm very well, and, and uh, happy to be a regular. Ah, happy to have you, definitely. And uh, another one coming a regular is Jay Reid in Liverpool. How are you, Jay? You were actually there to witness that last night. <laughs> Did your heart survive it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while since we've had that game. It's probably best described as the good, the bad and the ugly in one night, one night really. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, European adventure with Liverpool is never dull, is it? So why not start this season off as we've started many others? Yep, you certainly get your money's worth when you go to Anfield. And last but certainly not 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 not, not least, I can nearly speak, uh, Dave Dunning in Belfast. Dave, surviving? Yes, surviving, surviving just about, just about. And uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like I said, after about fucking 40 minutes, bring, bring me Leicester. <laughs> and uh, 20 minutes later, I wasn't quite so fucking bullish. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three to win the three points and on to the next one. A rude awakening, Jackal and Hyde, whatever you want to call it. Jay, you were there, so so I'll start out with you, actually. And, you know, as I say, my two sons were actually at the, at the game as well and complained profusely about about the lack of atmosphere and, and felt that it was a contributory factor to what happened. But the game itself, we, we, like we started like exhibition football. I mean, imperious control of a football match. Um, we're winning 3-0. Uh, we look completely in the driving seat. Don't get me wrong, you know that's that's a good team we're playing. That they, they they created. They're not used to losing. Um, there's several factors there, but we had them completely and utterly where we wanted, and boom, it collapses. How did you see it from the stands? Basically, pretty much like it comes hand in hand. The the team reflect the fans. The fans reflect the team, and so like last night we. We were sat there and said you could have mistaken that for a friendly because there was no atmosphere at all. Even when the goals went in, there was like maybe a song or two after the goals and then it went quiet. And you could hear the players actually shouting on the pitch. And for the European nights, obviously the Salzburg, we've never played them before. They've come there thinking this this is the, the home of the champions and the famous nights at Anfield. And they were probably disappointed at the fact that there was no atmosphere there, even up until the point of when they got to 3-3. We got going a little bit, but even then it was the old moaning groans, which we've probably not heard for about two or three years at home, where they get on the team's back and I said like it was the good, the bad and the ugly. We started off that first half an hour, but it was it was easy and it was probably disrespectful for... We, we made it look that easy and we were, we were actually taking the piss at some points in terms of... Firmino was flicking the ball around and then come to Mane and Ginny and he, you could have just said, let's just call this off at half time. We're gonna we're gonna walk away five or six nil. And we in all fairness, we probably should have, and that would have put a marker down to the rest of Europe. Instead, we've put a marker down to say, actually, we can be vulnerable at the back and Salzburg, no disrespect to them, aren't a bad team. They they romp the Austrian league, they probably do pretty well in the German Bundesliga. The they're a decent outfit. They've got a few good players. There was a, a couple, especially the Asian lads, uh, Minamino, 
who was number 18, played in the number 10 role, and Huang, who played up top, he was obviously very impressive. He, he turned Van Dijk, so we can probably put that on as metal pieces as trophy from the game. And he scored a good goal. But bringing it back to the atmosphere, we the team were playing good football, so why aren't we singing and dancing? It was our first game back. We should have celebrated the fact that the European champions were home. And Jay, it was... At the risk of going off on a tangent... And, and and you know I, I want to stick with the game, but but this is you know you you keep coming back to the crowd and the same. My sons have, have nailed me with it today about about this crowd. Are we in a position now that we've become so successful? Normally, whenever I used to go to the European nights, I always preferred European nights to, to the Saturday afternoon. It was easier for me to travel. Uh, but you normally find it was more local. So uh, uh, you know midweek there. Is there a case now to be said that you know, the type of person who's going to Anfield today is going there to experience the atmosphere, not contribute to it, because from what you're saying, from what my sons are saying, it, it kind of appears that way to me. Yeah, you could say that, and you've got a fair point in saying that, like, the European nights tend to be a lot more of a local feel about it, and, you know, usually the, the time of kickoff is people have maybe got a few beers in them and, you know, got a bit more confidence to get up and sing and dance, but I mean, that was just bizarre last night. And whether it was the arrogance that we're the European champions and we should be rolling these over and we're not really arsed until we get into February and we get the big boys in the knockout stage. But at the end of the day, you've got to get through the groups. And we only just got through last year. And it was, you know, it's hard to describe as to why it was like that. It was almost a, a... We're not unsuccessful but we're not too successful we've had one trophy in, well two trophies if you want to class the Super Cup this year but you know there's still things to be won we can't call ourselves over successful because we've had a few good years and we're on the, we're on the climb if we if we were in the position that United were in the 90s when they were winning things but they only exactly, became yeah. unbearable at you know towards the end. Once it had become as you just what you're rightly saying there, they were an established force, a trophy winning machine. And that's a very different thing to where we are at this moment in time. Yeah, but I mean, to me, we're we're on the climb. There's no doubt about that. We've got we've got everything set up to to be that that club for the next ten or fifteen years and and, and be unbearable. I play on the joke and I'm sure many other Reds do that. We got hammered last season saying if Liverpool win this, they are going to be unbearable. And so we should because we are the European champs. But at the end of the day, make it make it unbearable. Because last night, if anything, we give we give Salzburg the confidence, the fans and the players to to come and have a go at us. They, their fans, credit to them, didn't shut up all game. I was sat above them in the Anfield Road end and they were noisy throughout. Even at 3-0 down, they were still singing and having a good time and, you know, credit where credit's due. And when that equaliser went in, the manager sprinted to the to the away end where they all were. And I actually stood up and thought, you know what, <laughs> fair dues. He's come here and probably not expected to get this and enjoy it and milk it for all it is because the home fans clearly aren't given their worth, but the away fans was. Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned about hearing players' voices. It was, it was a time Andy Robertson lost the ball left-hand side, about 50 minutes, and I clearly heard him say, fucking hell, you know, his voice is that distinctive. Uh, and, and, and again, you, you don't expect to hear that on television. Even. Beryl, yourself, I'm, I'm going to jump across to you because 
the Salzburg team, you know, like they were totally and utterly dominated for the first 30 minutes. But there's a really good football team in there. There's a team, a fun football team in there, a, t- a team that want to play football the right way. It's very difficult to fault them in any way. Um, if, if this result was a freak, it was by our own making. But what we saw was if you want to give these guys the ball, they'll do stuff with it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, um, I even agree with the fact of what you're saying that, you know, that we dominated them the, uh, in, in the first 30 minutes. The, even in that base in time, uh, they didn't have chances, but they had, you know, uh, chances before chances is something that Louis van Gaal would say uh, at, uh, uh, when he was younger in, in the Netherlands. Uh, impressed with them. And, and what they do is uh, is they overload the front of their, they press the defense and they pressed our defense. And, and it was was clear in the first the first five minutes that that we struggled with the fact that they were pressing us, which also means, you know, when you have, uh, they still have 11 people so in the field. So that means that they they were uh, a little lighter back in defense. So that's why we scored three goals, I think. But uh, it, it reminded me of the Norwich game because we won against Nor- uh, Norwich, but uh, still, they they managed to score against us, and they managed to 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 find some chances. This was it was slightly similar. This was a brave team, and and you know why not be brave? So you know they have seen that most teams get beaten at Anfield. If Barcelona get beaten by four nil, so you know why not just try to play and 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 try to do something because you're gonna gonna be beaten anyhow. From that. Uh, perspective, you could say, this is something that comes with with the status of being the the uh, European champion. So you know we have to get used to that. We were expecting them to be aggressive, but probably only only uh, uh, on a cognitive level. So uh, it was like if uh, like uh, Klopp and Kravitz and and, and Landers had had warned our players um, be aware of these. Be aware of these guys. They're going to press you, and they're going to get chances. And they scored, you know, um, I don't know, a million goals already in this season. Uh, but when you get, you know, our three nil up, and and easily, you know, it wasn't as if we were, you know, at our best to 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 be three nil up. It's only, you know, normal to think, okay, this is going to be a stroll in the park, and we're going to beat them uh, easily, and and. and Look at us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is what I perceive that they were already threatening us, and but not capitalizing on it. And then they started to capitalize, and you know the the rest is history. You could say. Well, the history will show that we got three points and we won the game, and we should be th- maybe maybe thankful for that. Dave, your, your, yourself, we had spoken recently on a, on a pod about. Uh, maybe a change in roles or maybe a change in direction of the fullbacks. Um, maybe they're, they're going to start pitching in with more goals. Well, <laughs> they assisted each other for a goal. Robinson scored. We, we saw such a fluidity as well in that team. You know, Trent was at left back. Uh, Robertson was right back. Um, Salah and Manny switching up. You know, it, it, it was it was exhibition stuff at times in, in that first half. You know, Van Dijk seemed to be covering left back as well as uh, left centre back. It was it was just mad attacking football for stages. I was, you know we can get we can get wrapped up in the three goals we conceded, but it it's it shouldn't it shouldn't go undiscussed how 
absolutely brilliant we were in the first 35, 40 minutes. And yeah, Beryl's right. Salzburg did have opportunities to create chances, but they never really, never really threatened the goal. Um, but us going forward, like, Jesus, it, it reminded me a bit of Hoffenheim, I think a couple of years ago um, when they came to Anfield. Um, we just absolutely tore them apart. And it was a bit like that. The first goal was class. But David, you know, well, it, it was like a performance of two seasons ago. We needed to score four to win a game. That's the way we used to be two seasons ago. That's something we've gone a long way away from. And we, and we find ourselves back at it. I don't know if that's quite fair. The performance of, of two seasons ago, I don't think is reflect. It's reflective in the scoreline, sure, but I don't necessarily re- think it's reflective in the performance because it was very, very obvious that there were just individual performances that really weren't up to scratch, and there was some sort of contagion running through the bottom half of the back, the back end of the pits that that people seem to start to struggle and panic and that's something that we haven't seen haven't seen in a while and you know I I don't know I just think it's it's a real weird 20-25 minute blip and I'm going to look at it like that until I'm until I'm proved otherwise because like I say so, some of the attack and play in the first half was absolutely stunning and yeah you're right we did talk about they talk about you know where we were maybe going to get more goals from the team, and we kind of debated was it you know were we looking for more goals in midfield or you know with the fullbacks providing the more attacking threat should we be looking to them to pitch in more with with numbers certainly in, in the goals column and you know two out of the last three games we've seen our fullbacks both get on the score sheet so you know long hey, Robert can... Robertson's very noticeable Dave about. Being more central in the box, you know, I mean, he he'll be at the edges of the left hand side of the box often, but I think this season we've seen him certainly, in a, a, you know, straying that bit further towards the centre of the of of the eighteen yard area. He does seem to be working more so in field because last season he was he was very much predominantly wide, like wide all of the time, and it was get to the touchline or or swing that one in from the byline, maybe about you know twenty yards from the end of the pitch and. And you've noticed him coming inside, and I think he co- he comes inside and links to play up for Mane as well. Um, and you know, football's all about getting overloads, and if he can come in there and give us an overload in the midfield with Firmino dropping as well, and, and we can work the ball in behind like like we did for Mane's goal, then that's just another another string to our bow, and it's another way to play because ultimately our fullbacks have got a lot of attention for playing a particular way last season, and we've got to do something to try and make ourselves less predictable and, and make ourselves uh, give ourselves as, as many different solutions in the pits as possible and and if that's one way of doing it then all the better because it it didn't look like it was something that just happened you know it looked like it had been worked on it looked like it was a pattern of play and you know I expect to see different little bits and pieces creeping into this season that we didn't see last season then the other thing is, you know, the the switch to the four two three one, you know, mid game. That's a couple of times we've seen it now. Whenever we're going for a goal, Sheffield United last week as well, and it's made the difference. So, you know, this team's still evolving, and this team's still finding different ways to win football matches. And the other side of that coin is, in the meantime, you might find that there's little kinks that need to be worked out, and maybe you know, we're not 
we're not just going to add another element to our game without having to work out the kinks. And, and maybe that is what we're seeing now. Don't know. Jay, you know, the only real significant difference to that team, to what we've seen the majority of the season, is the addition of Gomez, um, who has, up until his injury, was was a very good partner for Van Dijk. I personally didn't think he did that badly last night, but uh, you guys are maybe a little bit more critical of him. Um, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about ring rust, and obviously, you know, it'll be a bit of a step up from the, the 90 minutes he got uh, out against MK Don. So it is a step up as Champions League. You know, can we can we just write write it off as that just ring rust for 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 those errors? Yeah, you'd you'd like to think it was just, you know, a first competitive game back because, as you say, the MK Dons one wasn't really competitive in terms of the level of opposition that we were playing against, and they didn't really cause as much threat last week. Um, MK, but I think it was you know the big occasion probably got to him a little bit in terms of. He knows his place has gone to Matip at the moment, and rightly so, because Matip has arguably been better than Van Dijk in some games this season. He was certainly better than him at the weekend, I thought, against Sheffield United. And I think his Matip fit for the weekend, I think he is. So he'll probably come straight back in, and he should do, really, because he's not done anything to warrant losing his place. But I think it was the, the whole situation of Champions League night. It was his first competitive game he was trying to force it a little bit too much trying to play in situations where he should probably pass he was trying to make passes that maybe was just a little bit too too much in terms of the type of ball he 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 wants to play um he certainly done a lot of things right and you know if you look at the stats they back up his game he he had uh, plenty of clearances he won enough headed balls to to have his fair share of Stat pattern, barely, if that's what you want to call he's it. Got the, he's always got the pace to rely on as well, Jay, to be fair. He has. He has, and I think it was his, his problem, which is we, we probably well-documented and well-known, is the ball over the top. He, he Sometimes he checks once, checks twice, and that second check is when he's lost the ball, when he's looking back for it, if that makes sense. He's looking for the player again, and then he looks back and the ball is probably closer than what he thinks it is. Where with Van Dijk, he probably checks once with the player and then his eyes are on the ball because he knows, well, if we win the ball, the player's got nothing to do with it. So I'll focus on winning the ball where I think Gomez has just got that to learn where he's probably more conscious of, well, the player has gone or where is the player and then it's in two minds with him. So he, he probably loses the, the flight to the ball a few times and, you know, that'll only come with time and experience and playing games regularly and playing next to Virgil will obviously rub off on him. But as as a first appearance, you know, he, you can't take that much away from him. If he's if he's going to be the future, which he, you know, we all think he is and we certainly hope that he is because he's got all the potential to do that. He's he's not the one who was at fault last night. There was certainly plenty of other subpar performances in that 30, 40 minute period in the middle of the game when Obviously, we took our foot off the gas. Sorry, it's funny you should mention the stats there, Jay, because I, I saw them as well. And, you know, on, on paper, it looked like he was flawless. But it's one of those things where it, it doesn't actually... You can't measure what a player doesn't do on a football pitch. You know, you can't measure a centre-forward who doesn't make the correct run. You can't measure when Gomez doesn't cover him behind Van Dijk. And that was 
for me, that was the big issue with him. It was it was what he wasn't doing and that kind of instinctive instinctive defensive mentality that maybe hasn't quite got into his game yet. Yeah, and the stats are there to prove whatever argument you want to prove for or against the player. And people use them to whatever their means and need. But the things that never lie is your own two eyes. And if you're watching the match on telly or if you're watching it in the ground, obviously you see some things if you're at the game that you don't see on telly then that's up to your personal perception. And there was times when you're watching him and you think you can see it's his first game back and he's rusty. But have you said, if you'd have picked up the paper this morning and seen all the stats, Liverpool won 4-3 and looked at Gomez as a stat, you would have said, well, he had a solid game at the back. There must have just been a few lucky goals, a penalty or a free kick. You wouldn't know how the game had actually gone until... You, you then watch it with your own two eyes and as I say your eyes don't lie they're, they're the ones that that show you actually what is going on so yeah it, it's it's an hard one to, to have because you'll always have people who, who rely on stats and you'll have people who don't rely on stats so it's it's a 50-50 it's how you read the game and how you perceive it really No and I think the, the upside of the whole thing is you know with Gomez uh, especially is we know he, he can develop a partnership with Van Dijk we've seen it um, you know, and and that's why I'm happy to put that last night down to ring rust for any complaints anybody has. I said I didn't think he was terrible at all, far from it. But Beryl, I've got one for you. It appears, and I don't know whether it's the the league has been prioritised or whether it's this stage of the season, whether it's a very you know we know that Liverpool plan everything meticulously uh, to the letter uh, day by day basically, and it seems like there's there's less of a, a an adrenaline about this Champions League group stage than, than there is, say, for in the league. We know we cannot lose. And, and every it seems like, at times to me, it looks, especially when you see them switch off, that all the eggs are in the Premier League basket this season. Or that's, that's if you have to prioritise one of the two, that's the one. And maybe a feeling of, you know, we, we, we're the European champions. We should cruise through this group, or not cruise through it, but we should manage this group easily enough. And whilst our total focus is on the league. Do you, do you think that's a fair assessment of it or do you think I'm wrong on that one? No, no, I, I, I totally agree. You, you can get away with, with losing at Napoli. You can get away with maybe one more draw away. If you win all your games at home and, uh, and win one uh, away, then you're probably through. So, uh, yes, uh, of course, th- there is a different mentality to, to getting through a group and to to win a league against uh, the the technocratic uh, regime of of Manchester City. So, you know, yeah. Beryl, uh, do, you, do, uh, do you also feel maybe, you know, when, when we look at the Champions League, especially in the position that we find ourselves, the stature that we find ourselves in at the minute in that competition, we split it in two. You know, the, the knockout co- side of it is going to be a completely competition, a different competition to this group phase. And I think that that's a contributory factor in in all of this also. Yeah, this is what we saw last year, and this is what we saw uh, the year before. We we have been ropey, uh, especially away against. We we lost last year against Napoli. We won. Uh, we lost against Paris Saint Germain. So don't forget Red Star this, Belgrade in there too. Yeah, yeah, over oh the my God! Trick. Yeah, we lost against them. I I almost forgot that one. I I had blocked it successfully until now. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We lost against them too, and that that. 
more comparable with uh, with our loss against Napoli this year than our loss against Napoli last year. But you know, let's not complicate it <laughs> any further. We tend to overestimate the influence of mentality, and and this is a strange coming from psychologists, but in uh, looking at or analyzing uh, results uh, or you know um, how we play in a game, but uh, I, I think here it, it's it's quite obvious that we relaxed after three nil and we thought okay this is good we are already through this game and uh, let's uh, uh, preserve some some energy and and uh, and um, maybe even thinking about how how we should you know play against Leicester or something so it, it would be. Uh, they're still humans. They are, you know, very uh, remarkable humans, and they, they they can probably do things that normal humans can't do. But I wouldn't say it's okay, but it's 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 understandable. It's uh, you you can you can see why they relaxed after three nil, but you can you could also see why it was a mistake. And I think it you know this is a, a what we could call a cheap lesson. Yeah, we 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 did get the win. We did get the three points. But we also got got the lesson that we can't relax. We need to be at uh, at least 95%. And uh, this was less than 95%, uh, especially at the start of, uh, of the second half. And, you know, it showed. So they capitalized on it. And, and uh, you know, uh, my respect for them, because even after losing, they were cheering. They were uh, they were cheering with uh, together with their with their uh, with their fans and which shows uh, how much of an achievement even scoring three against us while also shipping four goals. So I almost lost the thread of what we were talking about. But yes, I think we have different mentalities in the league and different mentalities in the group stages of the Champions League. Oh, indeed. it's very it's, To me, it's just very distinctive. It's very clear to see. Dave, just, just rounding up before Beryl mentions Leicester, I want to get on to them very shortly. Um, but just to close out on this game, cause for panic at all? Um, or do you feel what Beryl says there? Because I, I agree with him. I think, you know, certainly the evidence we have of this side is we don't make the same mistake twice and and there'll be a learning from this. And, and, and I, you know, it comes back to trust. I trust this group to, to get over this. I'm sure there'll be some soul searching done today and I'm sure there'll be some harsh words amongst that group um, in regards to it. But I don't think I don't think it's a cause for panic. No, I don't think it's cause for panic at all. I think, yeah, we had a bit of a scare and that happens. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's as the famous old saying goes, it's football and these things do just happen. You can have a crazy 10 minutes in a match. And you know, they reminded me a lot of us in in the terms where they, they, they got under our skin. And as Klopp says, they dragged us down to their level um, for a period during the game and they capitalised on it. And that was something that we used to do an awful lot with teams that were, that were better and more capable than us. The thing is, it's not sustainable over a season unless you are genuinely the best team in that league. You know, so yeah, it'll work in one-off games like that. But if you play that game 10 times, you know, We'll win seven or eight of them easily. So it's not, there's loads of positives to take from it. You know, Salah gets a goal. I I personally think he really needed that. Um, and you could see the, the first one's scruffy and it doesn't really connect with it properly and the keeper should really save it. 
But once he's got that monkey off his back, the second is such an accomplished finish and it's, you know, ice cool, you know, it, it's absolutely brilliant. And and hopefully that will signal a little bit of a, a purple patch for him coming up because we've got some big, big games coming up and we can really be doing with him in tip-top form. Um, Gomez gets gets 90 minutes in his legs that he otherwise wouldn't have got. Robertson looked absolutely back to his best, particularly in the first half. And, you know, Kaida comes on, gets some more some more game time, and and he also had the opportunity there, whether it was by accident, whether it he was looked by lively, his... Dave. To be honest, for the short space of time he was on, he he did look lively. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I think you know the, the fact that he is even getting on the pitch is great, um, because it's been a long time, um, and, and would like to see him get some get some game time and put you know a string of a string of performances together. And, to me, and then, he, he, he gave more in two minutes there than he did in the 60 minutes against MK Dons, which backs up our theory what, you, that pod was lost. But, you know, basically that, that that he was there just for his legs more than, than, than to actually play a part in, in, in the game. Yeah, I said before the season started that I want I, I, I would be happy if I didn't see him until Christmas as long as he was being managed really, really well because this stop-start scenario that he's had with his Liverpool career so far, it's not, it's no good for anybody. So uh, it's good to see him being eased gently back in, uh, and as I say, hopefully we'll we'll start we'll start to see the best of him. And what we also saw is, you know, a, a plan B to go in a game that we haven't seen before, in 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 so much as a change of shape and Origi coming on for the second game and being really really bright and. Um, being confident and and testing the fullback and pushing the fullback backwards, so you know I think there's loads of positives to take from it, and I'm not going to talk about all of the stats about how we are really really good at home in the league, so because I don't want to jinx it, so um, yeah, Leicester next. I think you have such a good point there, Dave, in terms of the 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 change of formation. It shows obviously. We've got that flexibility now on the bench to have these players. Obviously, Origi is now more established in terms of his role within the team. And we've seen at the weekend when we were we were struggling against Sheffield United, he he pulled them on and it stretched the game more. It made us it made us play wider, which then obviously means the team we're playing has to play wider, and it pulled the defence. And then it allows midfielders to break, and obviously that's where the goal came. Last weekend, obviously, Ginny was getting onto the end of the end of the ball, end of the edge of the box, and onto a, a second ball, which is good to see. So it just shows that Klopp's got the flexibility now to to actually make these changes within what he's got on the bench. It's not a straight like for like in terms of when we've seen the likes of Milner come on, say for Henderson or for Wijnaldum. It's a it's a straight swap. It's it's a change where. He's taken Henderson off and he's put on an attacker in the league. He's, he's jigged us about and it's made us a lot more attacking and give the opposition more to think about, which is it's obviously positive to see. Yeah, absolutely. And within those subs as well, Jay, we've, we've spoken about it a few times. You know, the likes of Kaida, Oxley, Chamberlain and Origi, they give you something really different in terms of their, their style that you don't have on the pitch. And, you know, Origi's just noticeably more direct than, than the other two, you know, well, there are three if you want. Um, he's but a he's, big lump he, as well, Dave. He's, a, he's really turned into a unit. 
Yeah, well, that's another thing. You know, that's what that's what that's what else it gives you at that end of the pitch that, that the other three don't. Um, it gives you that height and that and that aerial presence. So, you know, it's just something you're absolutely right. It's something else for them to think about, and especially when they're getting into a groove and all of a sudden we change our shape and we bring the big the big man on who's like absolutely put the afterburners on at one point down the left hand side, and I don't know how he didn't get a free kick. But a lot of self belief in his play at the minute when it comes on as a sub, which is nice to see. Yeah, and I think you know the new contracts maybe help, but I think he feels I think he feels a lot more secure in his position within the hierarchy of the squad now. Um, after being farmed out on loan, and where are we going to sell him? And and you know all of a sudden he's, he's he's scoring goals in European Cup semi-finals and semi-finals and big big league matches, and you know. It, it, it's, a, it's amazing what confidence can do for a player because sometimes we forget what what sort of form he was in before that Funes Mori injury and hopefully we see that player again this season. No, indeed, absolutely. But listen, we'll, we'll, we'll trundle forward to the weekend and to the, to the visit of the best manager there's ever been in the history of the world and the founder of our club, if you believe what he says, in Brendan Rodgers and Leicester. This is going to be a tricky one, Jay. Uh, the, the, this is not a bad team. Yeah, sort of, it's going to be tricky, sure, it's Brendan. I know, but there's a decent team there, and he's, he he does have them playing quite well. They're third in the Premier League at the moment. Say say no more, Dave. Um, as much as I want to laugh and berate him, um, he's third in the Premier League. I want I want the Leicester that played at Old Trafford to turn up. To be honest with you, and not the ones that we've seen in other games. They have a great midfield. You know the the Vardy. He's always a pain in the ass. Um, Johnny Evans, lot of lot of experience in the back line. This is to me is is probably going to be one of the toughest tests we've faced this season so far, and hopefully we get through it. Jay, what's your what's your feelings on it? Well, first of all, it's going to be the battle of the biggest white smile, isn't it, between Brendan and Klopp? I mean, they, they love a dentist job, don't they, in Liverpool? Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, well, it'll be that, a, thankfully it won't be a battle. He goes because Brendan win that one hands down. <laughs> well, Bob, Bobby wins it, unfortunately. <laughs> then Pearly White are more than Pearly White. Yeah, Leicester aren't to be taken lightly. They they are a decent outfit, and Brendan's got them playing decent football, attacking football, and you know they are they are but they on credit really and to their own merits that they are fair in the table. Obviously, it's early days, but they've they've gone and got results in, in decent games this season. I think they've only lost once. Um, I could have to double-check that, but I think they've lost once this season. So, they're not an actually a bad outfit. They've got a lot of threats and they've got a, they've got a decent little squad, although we, in this time at Liverpool, there were some questionable recruitments, but I think Leicester always recruit well anyway. They will give us a game. I would imagine... Rogers' ego will probably get a little bit of the better of them. Where I think last season they were still under Claude Puel. When they come to us in about January, it was freezing cold. There was snow on the pitch, and it was a dire one-all. Maguire's goal shouldn't have counted. We should have had a penalty. And it, I remember the game. We it was absolutely piss poor, and it was freezing. So it wasn't one I want to remember. But I think and he his, seemed to have our number, Puel, didn't he? He did. He done it with Southampton a few times, but yeah. I think that that game was just a. It was sorted towards the end of a busy period, and we were probably running to the ground. We had a few injuries, and it was just a combination of, of all a bit too much at that time. But 
I think Roger's ego, he'll, he'll want to prove a point that, you know, we shouldn't have got rid of him because that's the type of guy he is. And he, he will come and he will try and have a go at us and they've got every right to because they're playing well and they've got the talents on the pitch. And I hope they do because, you know, if they come with the same attitude as Salzburg where they've got nothing to lose and they have a go at us, then I imagine Klopp will have got into the lads and he'll get into them over the next few days and drill them down and just say, that doesn't happen again, that's a one-off. And if teams come and attack us, then we pick them off like we can do on the counter-attack and we put them to bed because not only is, is three points vitally important in terms of league position, it puts us into the international break, unbeaten, top of the league, and then we come back and... If There's we, two points more than we had last season. There's a game we dropped yeah. points in. And if, we, and if we're looking to, to rectify the difference, Jay, you know, of, of the mistakes that we made along the way last season, this is one of them. So I think there'll be an extra determination maybe here to get this result because that's turning the point from last season into three points. I think it's there's a psychology in there somewhere. There is, yeah. And, and speaking of psychology, you know, we, we could equal the record of Man City's top flight wins, which is 18. I don't know if that's just in the Premier League or in English top flight football, but either way, you know, we want to go into the international break, top of the league, five points clear minimum. If we we go in there, any more, that's a bonus, but we've got to go into that and we've got to come out of it with a win. And ideally, a clean sheet would be more than a big result. I'd rather we, we won 1-0 than Five or six nil. If we go out, we do a professional job. We win one nil. We keep it tight at the back. That to me is a bigger result than probably going and beating them four or five nil. Because at the end of the day, you'd only get three points for the victory. But after that performance, in terms of the sloppiness at the back, I think a clean sheet is vital at the weekend. Talking like George Graham there, if you remember, <laughs> he used to win the title of Arsenal every year, winning one nil. Um, I, I'd certainly take that. I'd take the three points, any type of three points, just to keep this role going. I think it's, it's essential. Beryl, I know you're a psychologist, so the, the, the very mention of Brendan Rodgers could be dangerous ground here that we're treading on. Uh, there'll be enough material there for a conference, probably, uh, if you expanded it out. But I, I know that you're a bit concerned about, you know, you've expressed it a couple of times, Leicester and the type of team that could, could upset it. Just how important do you feel it is to get the three points? You know, as I said to Jay there, it was a it was a game that we dropped two points in last season. Do you, do you feel there'll be a big push to, to rectify that one? Uh, no, I don't think it it, it it should be a big push. But uh, and I totally agree with Jay. It, it was a, we 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 lost two points there, but it was a dreadful game, and it was his, if I remember well, his uh, free kick with this very stupid foul. That uh, Andrew Robertson made completely unnecess- unnecessarily, but but uh, you know never mind that. Uh, let's get back to this time. That was Claude Puel. This is uh, Brendan Rodgers, and Brendan Rodgers has some things that Claude Puel didn't. But uh, uh, on the other side, I think Claude Puel did have some things that Brendan Rodgers doesn't have. You know, he 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 was always seemed to to whisper. You know, <laughs> you know uh, if if I watch match of the day here. I, it's 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 quite late for us, you know. It's 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 an hour uh, later here in the in the Netherlands than it is in the, in the UK. So, but you know, I, oh, so I need to have the volume down. But it, it, when he would talk, you know, after after the game and giving his his thoughts on 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 the games, I would have to <laughs> to put the volume up because I couldn't, I just couldn't hear him. He was he was whispering, and this, from that perspective, it was good uh, that he left. But I I don't think they are. 
they have improved that much only that they you know they have some players that have matured like Tillemans and uh, and uh, Madison and, and and they are very good players and they took a point at Chelsea and they could have won there they could have also lost there and and they lost that at, at Old Trafford and not many teams do that so I, I'm I'm not that impressed with them in, in this season I have to say uh, I thought they were less season less season they were better after Puel but so I, I'm, I, I'm I'm conflicted about this I, I on the one hand I think they have some very good players I'm I'm always impressed with NDD I'm always impressed with uh, with Chilwell on the other hand I, I think they are not a team I would be uh, I, I think Salzburg are a better team. Let's let's put it that way. That's you know uh, to, to to clarify. So I I think that we we can we should be able to beat them quite easily. Th- these are th- things that could bite me uh, <laughs> in the back come next week. But I, I think I'm 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 quite confident. We won seven on the trot in this uh, season, and we won eight before. So you know, inevitably. It's a low-scoring game. There should be a game in which we are very unlucky and, and lose points. But I'm not that concerned about about Leicester City. I have to say, I, I think I think we should be able to beat them quite comfortably. You're a psychologist, and my own view on this, and I think Jay touched on it there. You know, we've got this record run of wins up for grabs, and so on. I just don't think that that's even in the mindset of, of of Klopp and the players at the moment. I think, you know, it's a it's it's a, it's a minor distraction uh, to the greater goal of what of what they're trying to achieve here. And you know, a, a lot's being made of it in the media. But you know, if we get these eighteen wins and super or, uh, succeed, you know, past that and so on, what me to me it means absolutely nothing. As I say, and and what's your what's your opinion? I just don't think that it even enters into the 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 playing staff's head. Uh, about this record, it'll be nice to have if we get it, but there's bigger fish to fry. Yeah, of course, uh, you're absolutely right. But then again, you know, sports psychology, uh, and I'm not a sports psychologist. Uh, let, let's clarify that. But I am a psychologist. Different people have different motivations. So you know, s- some of the players might be interested in records, and and some of them are most probably not. But I think if we were to get that record, and that would mean not only winning this game, but the next one as well, then uh, I would be more <laughs> keen on having that record than, than you know, uh, than I would think about it right now. But there might be some players who are, who, who, who think it would be nice to, to, to get that record and uh, on a symbolical level show Manchester City that, you know, that they're not the best team around anymore. So maybe that could be a, a factor. So it's it's not a, it's not a historic team uh, team that you are competing with. You know, in in that case, uh, it, the, the record wouldn't be that interesting. But it, it's 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 the team you are competing with in real life. So from that perspective, it might be interesting. But still, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not that in, that fussed about it uh, until maybe we get it. Yeah, and in my opinion, Beryl, you can win that. You know, you can win the war without winning that battle, and that's that's the way I sort of look at it. Dave, Brendan, time. You know, I, I listening to the guys there. You know, we should be able to take care of this. We should really be looking at three points. But there's there's that hesitation. There's that little worry. 
like we built them up last season whenever they were playing City and whatnot. We said that this could be the team that could take points and whatnot. So are we warranted in being worried? Or are we just right and just the, the the right type of respect is all that's needed? I don't quite share Burrow's confidence. I think they've got like their squad's loads better than a lot of teams. Like let's be honest, their squad's probably better than Arsenal's. It's probably better than. It's definitely better than United. It's probably better than than Spurs. You could argue Chelsea, you know, and go beyond that. I don't think well, there's they're cer- certainly in a better state of mind than Spurs, let's say. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, but I, like I mean, just talking players on the pitch, you know, the two really good fullbacks, Johnny Evans is there. This new centre half, he looked like a fucking car crash last year, and all of a sudden he's turned into Franz Beckenbauer. I'm not quite sure about that, but we'll see. And they've got, you know. You know, they've got players that I'm sure Klopp would love to have in the middle of the park as well. And lots and lots of pace and lots of creativity up front. And that squad kind of looked like it was built for Rodgers before he got there. And that helps with the transition of one manager to another, especially when it came from Puel, who was playing those sorts of players in in a way that they didn't really want to be played. And, you know, they looked certainly at certain points to to have been liberated under Rodgers. But at the same time, you know, they were poor against United. Like, they were really poor. I expected so much more from them. They were not great against Spurs at the King Power until the the VAR disallowed goal, and that seemed to give them seemed to give them a second lease of life. I watched both really a loss there, to be honest with you, Dave. Yeah, you know, I think Spurs were certainly by far the better side up until that point, but... I say this a lot, and football between two good sides often comes down to the match winners. And we have a lot of match winners in our side, but they have match winners in their side too. You know, Vardy's got a great record against us. Madison, you've got the likes of the young fella, Harvey Barnes, Tielemans. They've they've got players who can hurt you, and not just us, they can hurt anybody. But, you know, I suppose another positive to take from from the Salzburg game is defensively we were really poor and I'm sure that that will be the kick up the arse that maybe we we needed going into this game and that might do us the world of good. So blessing in disguise is, is, is what you're saying the result last night uh, could end up being for us at the weekend? Well not necessarily a, a blessing in disguise as so much as we still came away with the win and the three points but you know I mean, the scare, Dave, the scare that we got could be the kick up the backside that that, that could drive us into this game. Yeah, maybe so, not even just to drive us into this game. But I think if you're going to have a game like that, or if, like, for instance, so let's liken it to to Adrian's error earlier on in the season um, against Southampton, where he makes the error, but he gets away with it because we still get away away with the three points. And he seems to react really, really well to that. And he grew from that point on. And, you know, if you can make a mistake and get away with it in the grand scheme of things and then take the learning from it as well, all the better. And I'm I'm hopeful that we'll see that on Saturday because that seems to be something this team's really, really good at. You know, they take the learnings from situations that they don't manage particularly well and they rectify the situation and they move on. And that's also indicative of the fact that you know, we write so many wrongs, as you mentioned, with results from previous experiences. And Leicester's one that you can certainly point to last year to say that 
we should have done better and we should have played better and we we were in control of the game until a stupid free kick was given away right before half time and then we never came out in the second half and you know I can't I can't see that happening again and let's be honest not many teams come to Anfield and and win these days not many teams come to Anfield and get any more than having to knock their fucking pan in for 90 minutes to get beaten so let's see but they they do pose a threat, certainly. Much more of a threat than I would say most teams in the Premier League right now. Mm, indeed. Um, as I say, it's one... Uh, you know, I'll just run around the table. It's one... Uh, rather than go for predictions to score, because that can be pointless, I, I think we'll win this game. I, I think there's there's no other... I don't, I don't think there's any other show in town, Dave. You fancy us to win? I always fancy us to win at home. I, I just do, because we're fucking brilliant. Like, let's not... Let's not Let's not lose sight of the fact that we're absolutely fucking brilliant. So yeah, I always fancy us to win at home, but I think this I think this is a bigger game than than it's being it's being touted as. I think this is really important. Um this is coming into a period of a tough run of fixtures. And if we can kick this little five or probably six games, I'd say, with Palace away following City, if we can kick this kind of six game batch off do a winning start and go into the international break still five points clear I think that puts us in great shape um, I don't I, I'm always wary of a result before an international break as well I don't really want to be going into an international break on the back of a on the back of dropping points but if we can do the opposite what a time to be alive whenever you come back um, to go to Old Trafford like how, how good is everybody going to feel about themselves um, and that's another game that that we need to look at where we can make up ground from last year as well. So do I think we'll win? Probably. We'll be favourites with the bookies, so the bookies are very rarely wrong, but it's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be uh it's not gonna be a a, a stroll in the park by any stretch of the imagination. And Jay yourself, I take it you you fancy us to win. As Dave said, it's not gonna be an easy one. But we've got too much really. We got we have got a lot of quality in our team. We all know that. Um, on the balance of a 90-minute game, we should come out on top. Um, as I touched on before, I'd love a clean sheet. I fancy Massive to come back in, obviously, all being well with his, with his fitness. And I think we got the potential there for maybe a change in the midfield. For me, it was noted that Henderson's come off in the last two games so when we were drawing against Sheffield United 0-0. And obviously, we, he changed it up and changed the formation with the Rigi coming on. And then last night... Henderson was Henderson's played a lot of football though, Jay, in the, yeah. in, in the first nine weeks, and 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 we don't normally see maybe that much of him in sustained periods. He's the one that you can probably take off and switch it up because you get a little bit more going backwards from Genie than you do from Henderson in terms of his his defensive work. But I think it's the ideal game to to probably start Ox and give Cater twenty five thirty minutes off the bench. So in that way, you give them both of them minutes and you could probably leave Henderson out or bring him on in the second half for Ginny and probably give him half an hour. So again, you're managing the play as well. And I think that should be more than enough. And it gives us an extra dimension if we do start with Ox. probably over in terms of where they are in the fitness of the season. That it gives us that breaker from midfield and it gives them something to think about going backwards. i probably... Say that's what I would go with. Whether yeah, gonna go with that wheel. We won't know until two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. But I'd love us just to 
to go a little bit more offensive, especially at home. And, you know, as I say, they're going to come and give us a game. So let's give them that game that they've come for. And, you know, I do fancy us to win um, and keep the, the gap at the top as it is, at least five points. Indeed, I know I, I can I can subscribe even to to, to the Ox getting a game here, but again with with Klopp at the moment, um, you know I'll come to bear all on this one. He, you know what we've seen so far in in, in these games, you know it, it's the same sort of thirteen fourteen players that he's been sticking by. You know, do you see any major? Ch- I know I know you fancy us to win this game, but do, do you see any major changes? I agree with Jay that it would be interesting to see uh, uh, changes in the midfield, but. I'm not sure they will happen because uh, he, uh, he took off Anderson and uh, and Vinaldum quite early, but not only to change his shape, but also maybe to preserve their legs. Because, you know, when we play this 4-3-3 formation, uh, our uh, left and right-sided midfielders tend to be very defensive uh, in order to uh, accommodate the, the, the wingbacks to, you know, do their thing. Get get up forward and give an outlet uh, out wide and uh, and and, and giving crosses etc. Yeah, but sometimes you you need to change up things and I, I think uh, the the change uh, to four two three one uh, the last two games was, was was very interesting and I think Origi did did very well in in both of those games and it, it wouldn't even surprise me if he if he tried that but but in, indeed I I think. Klopp and his team thinking in stretches and in thinking in periods, and I think they have this period uh, until the the second uh, international break mapped out as as a stretch in which we need to be conservative. and And I I think you know although I I would like to see it otherwise, but I think uh, we will see the Henderson, Fabinho, uh, Van Aldum, and maybe one of those players could be exchanged with with Milner, but. But I, I'm not seeing him being adventurous in the midfield, and especially if if Gomez needs to start again, because you know we know that Matip Matip's injury isn't uh, isn't serious, but and and he will probably be back at uh, at the weekend, but we don't know this for sure. And if he plays Gomez again, I I will think I would think he would opt for for more uh, insurances in the midfield. So um, answering your question. Very, very, in a very long fashion, but uh, I don't think we will see many changes. I, I, I would be surprised if we see the same lineup as we saw against Salzburg. Indeed, Klopp t- tends to have a habit of shuffling the pack around uh, no- November time, and certainly after the second international break. But listen, lads, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Certainly, I think over the international break, we'll, we'll take a look at the, the next five games you know, after Leicester, because they are very, very significant in, in where we're trying to go this season. So uh, I say we'll we'll get something recorded up. Uh, you know, obviously we'll co- we'll cover the the, the Leicester game and, and get that covered then during the international break. But for now, just one final thanks to the guys for their time. As always, it's very, very much appreciated. And thank you, the listener, for taking the time to listen to us waffling uh, our nonsense. So until after Leicester, it's up 5.3 European champion on bearable reds. 